All right, inappropriate Earl, back, back for more. And a lot of people uh, think I only have girls on this podcast that I've slept with. Uh, today is not the case. <laughs> but hey, never say never. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it is the wacky world of roast battle. So, uh, but there is there's a whole new wave of uh, roast battle uh, females rising up the ranks. Uh, of course, you know about some of the more, uh, not famous, but uh, some of the more established ones like Olivia Grace, Leah Kajanian. Now you have uh, Rena, and I don't want to butcher her last name, Rena Hendert. Hunter. Hunter. And, and the girl on my couch right now. And Leah Knauer. She's, uh, yeah. she's uh, rising. But uh, the girl I have on my couch right now is probably the number one rising female battler. Aww. And uh, she kills it every time. Aww. Please put your grubby little hands together for Anna Valenzuela. Yay. Hi. What's up? <laughs> it's so cool to be here. Well, uh, you know, I try and get people that I like dealing with. <laughs> Which is the great thing about this podcast. I don't have one person on who I... You don't want to talk to. Yeah. 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 So, uh, of course, after, there's a few that I wish I didn't have on the podcast, but uh, hey. Oh, no. That's how it works out in life. Disappointments. Yeah. I won't uh, say who they are, but... uh, It's like those uh, comedy store patio conversations where suddenly you wish there was a trap door on the ground and you could just disappear. You're like, oh no! <laughs> now you've got that fucking guy who uh, brings his ch- chessboard up there. Oh, you know, <laughs> which is crazy to me with the the amount of pardon my language pussy that's on the patio at the comedy store at any given time. Some guy would bring up a chessboard. Well, there's two types of chess, I guess. There's uh, there's your pussy chess, and then there's actual chess. <laughs> Because that's because that's the interesting thing about sitting on that patio is it is if you have any anthropology in your your background or any sort of like observing groups or sociology, it's definitely an exercise of like watching people um, jock for attention of either women or celebrities or each other. And it's it's really interesting to kind of view folks in that that context. I love people watching at the comedy mm-hmm. store specifically. The improv, not so much, uh, just because it's a little more uh, normal. Yeah, it's not set up for that either. It's sort of just like waiting outside of the cafeteria for work right. or for, for uh, school or something, you know? And the comedy store is very much a predatory base. <laughs> I call it the fuck mosh pit. Oh, my God. I mean, everyone's <laughs> fucked everybody. Uh, roast battlers have fucked every, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, the most surreal uh, environment to be next to two people. You've probably both porked <laughs> and one doesn't know about the other. So you got to kind of play cool. And, and then, you know, the employees are boning. uh so it's you got to play real close to the vest. Well, because of that, though, everyone assumes if you have more than a five second conversation with somebody that you have will or uh, are currently fucking that person. It's like if our pussies were as busy as people <laughs> assumed, we, I, I would have I had no time to leave the house. 
Well, it's funny you, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, and I know you're on the DL about your uh, activities. <laughs> Sage advice from you, actually. Keep it keep it close to the chest. <laughs> you have to, because, I mean, I was accused last night of sleeping with uh, an employee. I've never touched her. Really? You know, literally. Not accused, but they were kind of like, hey, are you and so-and-so uh, uh, doing whatever? I'm like, no, I've never even touched her. So, uh, you know, it could really ruin uh, a relationship. Uh, <laughs> trust me, I know. <laughs> then it gets around the club. It's a whole thing. But it's a whole thing. It's uh, it's very, it's a schoolyard for sure. It, you know, that's the best way to put it. it mm -hmm. It's really high school all over again. You've got cliques. And I even see it starting to form in roast battle where you have your uh, cliques of roasters who... You know, and I mean that in a good way. Like, mm, yeah, it know, used to sort of be like the Orange County, Long Beach sort of crew through and then the L.A. battlers. And now we're all we, everyone moved up here. So now we're all intermingled and everyone's just kind of we just formed our little pal groups. Like when I first. Yeah, you're right. Because like I picture you in that Long Beach, Orange County mm -hmm. crew of like uh, Olivia, Tom Goss, the great Tom Goss. The great Tom Goss. Have you had him on this podcast? You'd think out of everyone involved with Roast Battle in the Comedy <laughs> Store, I would have, but uh, I will. Yeah. He's uh, super interesting. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean you know, I want to save some of my... I have a feeling we may be battling, uh, Ooh. So, but not anytime soon. I have yeah. my next battle uh, picked out uh, where I go for the championship belt. Everyone's going for the championship belt right now. Well, it's uh, like, where are you in the rankings? 13. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. So your next win, you'll be in the top 10. Uh, hopefully. Hopefully. if you Who is your next battle? Well, I'm on the books for Keith Carey in uh, January or first Tuesday in January. I mean, that's a killer battle. Yeah, uh, yeah. I really, I really lucked out. So I'm going to try to get another one in between, but I, I get really worn out from roast battle prep because I really go overboard. I write a ton of jokes and then I have this from training in martial arts and from kind of my own background, I'm committed to rituals. So I have all these little rituals around uh, preparing for the battle and it's exhaustive. So sometimes I try to take breaks in between. You have to. Yeah. You're going insane. Yeah. Uh, I'm still tired from Montreal just uh, in terms of writing, you know, uh, four battles in five days. And uh, I had some co-writers. They know who they are. <laughs> and they're fantastic. Oh, they are, are the best. Uh, I, I don't know if they like being acknowledged for, uh, mm -hmm. you know, some writers don't like to be acknowledged. Like they don't. Uh, yeah. So I won't say their names, but uh, Doug and Omid are awesome guys. If you ever have a chance to see them. And also could stand, could, could easily be on the next show. Like I, I, I really want to see a lot of the, the folks that are like, like, like Keith, Doug, those guys, I, I would love to see them. Pat, you know, uh, I'd love to see them actually make the Do Joe, Joe Dosh. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I think in terms of, uh, the first, uh, you know, there was only 16 spots, uh, and, uh, you know, it was, you know, pretty hard to, I mean, I lucked out cause they took away the haters role and they were like, well, we still need him in the show. Kenny roast. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, that worked out, but, uh, who knows what they're going to do. Right. Well, and you're, 
a legend of our little Keep pocket going. of roast battle. No, it's true. It's uh, when you posted on Facebook, you had this list of people you wanted to roast and or it's like 30 people and 30 people. And it was like, first off, total honor to be on that list. Well, it's true, though. Yeah, because it's, I find it tougher to battle a woman just because I think you have to be much more clever mm. uh, because uh we're you wily. Because well, <laughs> you're cons. But you have to, uh, I think when two guys are battling, you can just shit on each other. Like, you know, if it's me and Keith or me and Connor right. or Joe, it's like, well, Keith, you're this. Well, Earl, you're that. But I don't think I can be like that against you or Olivia. I had to be super uh, clever. It was an epic battle, though. That well, was she's amazing. Great. Uh, you know. We're not really speaking right now, but uh, we'll, we'll get through. Uh, we'll get through these. What pieces. happened there? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, <laughs> who knows? I haven't talked to her in a minute either. So. Oh, she's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, I couldn't just attack her because then it would have. Uh, I don't think you can directly attack a female if you're a guy. That's interesting. Because then you come off a bully. Interesting. Like if I attack your looks, now you're hot, but you know. Oh, but I have a look. I definitely have a giant nose and frizzy hair. And <laughs> well, so do I. It's not like my nose is petite. But like, that, that's a perfect thing. Where, yeah. Uh, if I said something about your nose, yeah. it's like, what are you talking about? She's hot. But you could say something about my nose. It's like, yeah, it is kind of big. Uh, <laughs> so, or if I talked about who you've boned, it's like, well, you know, I'm, it, basically I'm calling you a slut. Mm -hmm. you're not but you know for roast battle you have to like exaggerate yeah. oh for sure for sure because people i mean no matter what people be fucking men women yeah whatever and it's fun to talk about and i think uh for women you have to be prepared for those jokes and the most successful women in roast battle know how to turn those jokes on their head Absolutely. You know, they know how to be like yeah fuck and uh you are this and right. so those women really, they really own the stage um, when it when it comes to those jokes, for sure. Well, I think that's even with men battlers, like it's the, the best roasters to me are the ones who turn their weaknesses into a strength. Like, yeah, uh, you know, with me, I know age jokes are coming. <laughs> so uh, it, that's age, not AIDS. Uh, <laughs> You're the master of the AIDS jokes. For right. Sure. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, but, you know, you turn it around and say, well, you know, whatever, I'm going to outlive you anyway. So what's it matter what my age is? Uh, yeah, that's true. For all those super young roast battlers out there who want to talk about age, probably Earl and I go to the gym more and eat more greens than. <laughs> yeah. So, That's how we keep up with you kids. Yeah, you might be 22, <laughs> but you're probably going to be dead by 25. So I'll be 52, but I'll be alive. Uh, but, you know, it's like with, uh, like when I first saw Olivia battle, like people would just hammer her with fat jokes. Right. And she's not fat, but no. for the sake of, you know, the roast, she will, I don't know, be called that. Uh, and she would turn it around instantly on them or Leah K. Janie with, her, you yeah. know, her uh, nose. Mm -hmm. uh, I think she's hot. No, she's gorgeous. But, you know, the nose is a target, I suppose. And she turns it around, you know, Keith with, you know, his, you know, body image. What, 
whatever. body, family, <laughs> the whole. <laughs> yeah, no, he's an awesome dude, but yeah. you know, he will be called, uh, for lack of a better word, fat in 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 most roast, or mm -hmm. you know, uh, and he turns it around. Well, I might be fat, but you are exactly. Uh, so I just love the strategy of. Uh, that's the thing I've really become obsessed with, sort of reading the room and the strategy of it. And when I sit down and write a main event, I write alternate versions of that main event and plop in different, you know, I have a, I have strategies for where to put the comebacks, what to cut, all the things. And then when I go up there, it's completely different. But I think the strat like taking time to view the strategy makes me more nimble and more aware when I'm on stage. And you have to have, you know, not just a plan A, but, you know, a plan B, a plan, even a plan yeah. C. Cause, uh, you know, like I think in my battle with Olivia, I had planned a certain order and her first joke, I forget what it was, but it wasn't an age joke. It wasn't a Viagra joke. And I was like, Oh wow, I gotta switch <laughs> it up. And, uh, you know, like versus say like when, uh, I think Ashley Barnhill and Olivia battled, I don't think Ashley, who's amazing, a great roaster mm -hmm. and, and comic, but I don't think she had a plan B. It was pretty no. much just body jokes, body jokes, body jokes. And when the first one didn't work, she went to a second one. And then, uh, you know, it, it didn't necessarily work out that well for her. But uh, yeah, that was in my Duong battle. Uh, the my last battle after the first round, he cleaned my clock in the first round. He had incredible jokes. Very funny. Um and I immediately went, oh, no, you have to change everything. So my second round was an overtime joke, an adaptation of a comeback and one joke that I planned on doing in that round. And so, yeah, it was just one of those like, oh, shit, what are we going to do? <laughs> but you lucked out because in that second round, he had a... Uh, he, his soul left his body. Is what it's tough up there. You know, I'm not making fun of Alex. He's been a guest no, on the show. fantastic an amazing roaster and comic, but he had a brain freeze and literally sure. forgot whatever he was going to say. It just left his body. Well, what was so sweet is the judges made it. So it really came down to that round three because they were still on his side. He could have easily flipped it and won that battle. And he almost did. I he mean, almost he had did. a nice yeah. comeback. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, in a comebacks on comebacks on comebacks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in a three-round battle, you can fuck up severely in one round and still come back. Yeah, for versus, sure. Versus, uh, like in Montreal, when Steve Renazizi uh, stumbled on his first joke, it was over, you know, because you don't have time to recover. That was a painful battle to watch. That was... Uh, not as painful as Mike and Ralphie May. Yeah, that Ooh. was... Uh, <laughs> and I love Ralphie May. Uh, awesome comic, but... Uh, you know, uh, we talk about strategy and, right. and uh, I don't know if Ralphie, uh, I think he thought there was just going to be basic fat jokes. Well, and we've, uh, roasting's evolved past the Yo Mama days. Like we, yeah. like roast battle was an evolution of that. And so it was sort of interesting. He was like a time capsule, <laughs> you know, he was sort of like how, how it used to be. And sort of <laughs> not that it was bad. I mean, if for, for that time that would have worked, but not, not the, the roast environment that's been created through battle and through, you know, the, the. Comedy Central roast things I mean, have kind of gotten to the next level. Oh, you're right. I mean, mm -hmm. nowadays even undercards now are like amazing, and and I know you get your bad ones here and there. Uh, I'm obsessed with that guy Tommy. I don't know his last name. Uh, Tommy. He wears glasses. He looks like he works at Hot Topic. Like he 
he loses every time, but he's so fun to watch lose because he sells it. Like he knows he's not good. I'll have to look it up. Uh, fuck, I forget his name. I, I, <laughs> I want to give him a shout out because he's so fun to watch lose because he really... It's like in pro wrestling, they have that one wrestler whose job it is to lose. Right. To make the other person look right. better. He's that, you know. Interesting. And, uh, so if anyone knows who Tommy is, he wears the weird glasses, uh, looks like uh, he works at Hot Topic, uh, kind of balding, but not really. Oh, you're talking about... Um, what is his name? Uh, uh, Cujo. Cujo from Orange County. Yes. The wallet chain. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. His name's Tommy Cujo. I don't think his name is Tommy. Oh, we just well, call him Cujo. <laughs> well, I'm gonna look his name. I'm gonna. I'm gonna ask Anna a long-winded question, and then and uh, then and then I'll give you a long-winded answer. Right. So you can and I'm gonna him. put the mic down so I can work the phone with two hands. <laughs> now, what? I don't want to talk just about roast yeah, battle, for sure. but uh, what got you into roast battle? Because I'd known you as a comic, right? And then and even before that, I think we had met before I even started doing stand up. I want to say we met. At, I don't know why I'm saying this. I could be completely off at a James Jericho uh, Orange County room, but I could be wrong. Uh, maybe, maybe because he had a sober living. Uh, uh, room in Garden Grove. Oh on, no, uh, I don't think I think that's past before my time. Okay. Yeah. Um okay, so roast battle. I uh and actually you can read about this. I have a little piece coming out in the blog uh pretty recently. I talk about the first time I went to Roast Battle. Is that verbalviolence.tv blog? Verbalviolence.tv blog. Um you're gonna have to go to the top and click uh where it says the actual blog because for reasons there's just all kinds of stuff on that page. But um yeah the uh I was uh just grinding mics in Orange County. I became friends with Tom Goss and Tom and I both love the comedy store and he hadn't been to sit in the OR to really watch. And I hadn't been to roast battle. So he would come with me on the weekends and then we would, he took me to my first roast battle and it was actually Doug Fager and Leah K. Janian's main event. And I remember it really perfectly because we got there about halfway through. We'd both done, uh, Ted Turwin's uh, Harpin down in uh, in Costa Mesa drove all the way up, missed most of the undercards, and I didn't want to like the show. Like I really wanted to dislike the show. Now, why is that? Is it because? Because I think of myself, I didn't get it, and I think of myself as like I try to be nice. <laughs> and um, you really? Yeah. I mean, you know, like I, you know, you just, you try to be a nice person. You try to be, try to be decent to people, but, um, I don't always succeed because I'm human, but, uh, there is, uh, I had this idea that it was just mean spirited. And when I walked up there by the second round, I totally understood that there's nothing mean spirited about it. It's really about crafting incredible jokes and about meeting that person where they're at. And I, I watched two of the best battlers really set a great example. That was really, that's really the bar in my mind is that battle. No, I mean, Doug and Leah are, uh, yeah. I think, uh, I said Leah's one of the, in that list of people I said, I wanted to battle. Oh yeah. Uh, she scares me. She scares the crap out of me. <laughs> um, the, uh, 
the, and then, okay. So we were walking down. I started going every week with Tom and then one day it was just me, Keith and Tom sitting there and somebody asked me when I was going to start roasting. And Tom said, Oh no, she's too nice. Like she's, she's just too. And then Keith said, nah, she's got cunt in her. And about six months later, I told myself I was going to wait until I had a year in comedy. And about six months later, uh, someone challenged me over dinner at Norm's and that was April Lotcha and the rest is history. Can't stop. It's, um, I mean, I liked not, not that I like to stop, but I like the balance of my standup to, cause I want to work on, I want to be a great comic. And so to do that, I, I have to write my material. Um, but it's definitely, um, for the sort of recovering addict part of my brain, it's definitely, I call it the heroin of standup because it just goes straight to your veins. You tell yourself you're going to do it once and then, you know, five, six battles later, you, you have no plans on stopping. Oh, it's true. I mean, uh, it really, uh, I mean, I've never done a drug in my life, uh, but it is a drug because after Montreal, I was like, it can't get any better for me than that. And you were incredible. You were you on 11. That was, and it was so crazy to like sit down and watch TV and see so many people that I just see or know or have met or worked with in different ways. And it's so cool. It was so cool to see everybody on TV. It was just amazing. But we paved the way for like people like you and Connor and Keith and for uh, sure. Doug Fager, Omid, mm-hmm. uh, Jay Light, uh, you know, I think next season or whatever they do with it, it's going to be even better. Like Oh, for sure. And it could go any number of ways. Like in my head, I see, and they probably won't do this because just the you know expense of paying for everything. But like, I think they should bring all sixteen of the first season back, and then sixteen new people. Oh, that'd be really cool. And then you have one new person against an old person, or not old, but yeah, you know, uh, like you could have you against me, Keith against oh my god, Jimmy Carr, uh, Olivia versus uh, you know Doug, and just. You know, you could build it around new versus old or what. Right. Know, and then, but who knows? Uh, right. Uh, you know, I've heard rumors of it being in Vegas. Uh, oh, that'd be fun. Because I don't think they want to wait till Montreal. I mean, Montreal's a year away. That's, right. You know, you want to on these. Uh, and by the way, before it leaves my name, uh, my head, uh, I was mistaken. The guys, the roaster who I love watching lose is Johnny Stewart. <laughs> Johnny Stewart. And we call him Cujo for reasons. I don't know why. Please look him up uh, if you go on verbalviolence.tv <laughs> and uh, scroll down to about uh, three roast reports ago. Uh, uh, there's a picture of him, and he looks like kind of like Sons of Anarchy meets Hot Topic with his. Uh, he's got he, the wallet chain. He looks like he looks like Guy Fieri fucked Megadeth. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's like such a combination of like, he looks like he could have been in Weezer, uh, but then he went rogue and like became a gang banger. And then, uh, but it just, you know, there's certain people who I enjoy watching lose. I hope, I hope. Yeah. And that's interesting to understand the role there. If you're a fan, if you're fantastic at losing, do you embrace that or do you keep trying to win? Well, I almost admire the bad battlers more than I admire, you know, like the good ones because yeah. they, they know they're bad. Yeah, that's that takes some. And they put themselves 
in uh, such a fucking bloodthirsty environment, you know, because, and some people won't admit this, but yes, we all love a good battle. But like when Sometimes Alex, we like a, lo- a loss. Yeah. yeah. Like when Alex uh-huh. forgot his uh, joke, he was going to say on you, the anticipate, the energy in the room uh, uh, was like, wow, this is great. This guy's dying right in front of us. <laughs> this is awesome. There was so much going through my head too. Cause I was like, talk shit, talk shit, talk shit. And I was like, no, maybe. And you can kind of hear me mutter- muttering in the background, but I'm not really, there's a, there was a part of me that wanted to get really aggressive, but then there was another part that was like, that could be you at any, any time. Oh yeah. So just let him figure out his life. <laughs> I mean that, well, I think he played it smart because you, if you would have interrupted him or you might've spurred a, like a word in his head to, to yeah. help him regain his focus. I I mean, uh, silence in that room is really your best friend because, yeah. uh, uh, you know, it's just your mind goes blank in there sometimes. It's happened to me. Uh, it's happened to me too, actually. You, I've I've almost blinked out a couple of times up there. It's the worst. I mean, it's so nervous up there. I mean, uh, I think against Joe Dosh, I choked on a word where it just uh, it literally felt like someone was choking me and I just couldn't get the word out. And that battle was so fun. It was so fun watching you two beat up DeRosa. And I love I love Joe DeRosa. That was so fun, though. Oh, Joe was, you two were adorable. <laughs> I know. We became like, uh, at a certain point, I think we just gave up roasting each other. Yeah, and, uh, you just started shitting on the room. <laughs> it was beautiful. <laughs> but in that case, I, I think what people don't realize is like, for me anyway, I will only battle people I like. Uh, that's a thing it not only does it have to be somebody i really like it has to be somebody where i know it's going to be fun because sometimes like you'll really like someone but the competitive side we if your two competitive sides don't match in a fun way it can get gross yeah and i've had that happen and i just want to have fun up there because there's nothing better so why go up there and be mired in just kind of a gross dick measuring contest well i mean i know there's like you know one person in in the room not my biggest fan and uh who are they i'll beat them up for I, you. I can't i'll tell you <laughs> off the air but like uh i will it, kick their ass it would uh just be a battle of us shitting on each other and that's not like yeah that's not fun for anybody if you were listening and you're interested in roasting and you because you'll hear you'll see comics on facebook have actual and of course facebook beef first off one level of dumb but secondly you'll see people like have actual conflict and want to resolve it in roast battle that is not the forum go to go to therapy go go (laughs) go do something but that's not the forum because you want to have fun well i you know roast battle is therapy to a degree that's that's very true it's hard to have shame when you're putting when somebody is putting your deep dark secrets out there and you have to stand there and and either defend it own it or turn it against them and it will humble you beyond any Mm -hmm. uh, i love seeing a cocky roast battle or just get taken down a notch that's happened to me for sure oh it's happened to me uh you know how how did it happen for you like were you feeling a little cocky uh, a battle and it didn't yeah, I wanted to win my second battle because I went from undercard immediately because I came in at a really interesting time where they legitimately just the top 20 
was exhausted. They had been battling each other for so long and they needed new people badly. And so a bunch of us got bumped from undercards to main events kind of overnight. They vetted our jokes. They, you know, which I really liked. Apparently a bunch of roasters were super offended by that, but I liked showing people what I had just to, you know, double check. I wasn't going to make a complete ass of myself. And I still made a complete ass of myself. There was, um, delivery issues, but I just wanted to win against Rena so badly. And I had this look on my face, like I was going to physically fight her the entire time. And it wasn't fun. I wasn't having fun. The audience wasn't having fun with me. Pat Barker actually, uh, and he's been on the show. Oh, he's the best. He's the best. He pulled me aside afterwards and he said, a bunch of the guys like Jay, Jay Light, Pat and Keith all sat me down and told me exactly what they thought I could have done differently. Jay was like, your cadence was off. Your inflection was off. And then, um, Keith was, you, you know, um, more about, uh, the joke quality. And then Pat pointed out and Keith pointed this out too, that I didn't look like I was having fun. And once I figured out that the audience wants to have fun with me, then I was like, oh, okay, we, this is a party. So, um, but I, I really had to lose and then reflect seriously on the loss to learn from it. And then the following battle I won, but I still lost because with, was that the one with Nick. Yeah. With Petrillo. And it was, it just was like, uh, 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 it, it didn't, we both shit the bed and I almost quit roast battle. Keith was like, no, don't do it. Uh, I've had a battle like that. Learn from it and come back. I think that, uh, I think the people's problem with that battle was that you guys had such a great chemistry because you guys are great friends in yeah. real life, right? Yeah, well, we were at the time. Um, oh, you were at the time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, we'll let that lie there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's I, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, <laughs> nothing uh, but respect. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. Ask, I don't yeah. ask people to talk shit on here. I mean, yeah. if they want to go ahead. Uh, but I think people thought that since you guys were such good friends at the time, you guys could have laid into each other a little more. Yeah. And I had some real mean jokes that I chose not to use. Um, well, it's tough. I mean, uh, if you're friends with someone or, uh, if you used to date them, uh, you know, like what level of meanness uh, you choose to uh, employ is it's like, I'm very much, uh, I play off of the other person. If they're nice to me, like in terms of uh, the meanness level, right. I'll, I'll play the same level. Uh, but I always have a few mean jokes. Uh, like if they say one joke, then I'm like, all right, it's on now. Right. Uh, I've learned to have some break glass jokes. Like, oh, really? We're going to talk about my sex life or we're right. going to talk about my family or we're going to, I always, yeah. Okay. I mean, you have go to go there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it's risky because, yeah. you know, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, if they land a big bomber and you're not really prepared with a mean joke back, you can, you can it's a slippery slope to nowhere. For sure. How do you, here's my question for you. How do you balance your regular standup with your roast joke writing? It's tough. I mean, uh, Montreal was a weird situation cause you had to write, uh, four battles in five days. So I, I've struggled up until recently writing a regular standup joke, mm. uh, because it's just my whole, even though I had, uh, writers helping me, I, I was still writing, you know, you had to write jokes about 15 other people. And it's funny. It's fu uh, the jokes are always funniest, really, in your voice. 
And yeah. I remember the writers writing for you, sending me jokes and being like, that's you. I, I would have to say that's not Earl's voice. Or I would say, you know what? That is Earl's voice. I know you don't think it's a funny joke, but it's going to be very funny coming out of Earl. Right. I mean, yeah. uh, one of them, and I, I feel I, I basically said who they were, but, uh, you know, uh, one of the writers was like, I write it twice, Earl. I write how I would say it. And then I write how you would say it, which is basically adding suck it at the end. Of yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but in an LA roast battle uh, where you have months to prepare, right. especially now the battles are so, uh, like there's so many. Uh, We're booked out forever. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, mean I know I basically get the winner of Patton Hooper. Oh. Because like it sucks being ranked number two because there's really nowhere. There's you, really no other battle that makes sense other than the other channel. than number one, right? Because if I battle number five, whoever number I don't even know who number five is, right? Uh, it's like you know, it's a lose lose. If I win, it's like I don't move up, mm -hmm. and if I lose, which isn't entirely uh, possible, I mean, the top twenty is anyone could beat anybody. Really, the top thirty, I think. Yeah, it's really gotten very competitive. Any anybody in the top thirty is. Yeah, I mean, but it sucks for people outside the top 30 because really, you know, there's like to me, I'll only battle if I can get something out of it. Like if I battle Pat or Alex, you know, even if I lose and it's a great battle, people oh, are also a really good battler or, or whatever. If I battle someone who's ranked number 40, you know. Yeah, but you're always in a class of your own. That's the thing is you're you have so you you have the least of anyone you have nothing to prove you know what i mean like you you definitely but like even like you thank you uh, yeah but like for you let, let's forget yeah. about me uh let's put it on you like you're ranked okay. 13th yes so it really only makes sense for you to battle in you know in the top 10 yeah because yeah. then you if you beat uh me if you beat uh connor mm -hmm. uh, omid i mean there's so many great i mean yeah uh then it's like wow anna's it was amazing. That's kind of, I want to get, I, I call you guys the old guard. Absolutely. I want to, I want to take down somebody in the old, old guard um, at some point, you know, and, or just, I mean, have a good show. That's really, when I go up there, I'm like, I'm not trying to win. I'm trying to have a good show. And then of course I'm super competitive and want to win, but I, oh, yeah. I want to have fun. You I'm know? super um, beyond competitive. Yeah. <laughs> I look back at every joke I said about Sarah Tiana. I was like, what could I have done better? And that's, you know, a month ago and I'm still going, how could I, have, you know, and you know, just, well, I mean, the way it is. yeah, it's just the, it's just the way it is. It's hard to know what you're going to walk into. You I know? only lose to women. Like I've really? only lost to women. Really? Whitney Rice. And Tiana, and I tie Joe Dosh. I'm not calling Joe a woman. He's not. He is fabulous. <laughs> oh, Joe is the best. And how he gazed it up during his battles uh. is the fucking funniest thing to me. Like, he goes from a very, uh, like, not macho, but uh, confident, uh, you know, kind of queen to yeah. really just holding his arm just like this and sassy yeah like he holds his body like if he were to touch anything in the room it's all beneath him and filthy right he's like <laughs> a uh, almost like a pro wrestling heel character yeah. like this gay like uh you know million dollar man for you wrestling freakers out there uh <laughs> so but yeah i mean you're uh, definitely uh 
I think you're in a great position because it's it's tough to beat a woman in most battle. If if you're a guy, it can be. I uh, the piece that I'm writing for the blog actually is about that. Yeah, give us a. Ta- I mean, I know you. Yeah. Uh, p- please read the blog. Please read the blog. It's a. Um, it, uh, hopefully, you know, it's Jay has all the information, but uh, I found somebody to data mine the available information. His name's Cody Service. He's amazing. Um, and he he went through all of the Rose Battle blogs that are that were on the available to go through. And he tracked the rate of the of women who've battled more than once. He tracked our win lose rate to men. And what is it? Or can you, I don't want to like blow the article, but well, like, is it, it basically in the past, it shows that, I mean, historically we've won a little bit more. I could see that. And then over time, we're now at, as of uh, two weeks ago uh, with my Duong battle, actually, there was a time a couple weeks before that where men were 53% beating us over, over women. And now we're exactly at 50%. So it's really anyone's game because there's more, there's more women doing it. Yes. Um, of varying skill levels, both in stand up and in, in, in roast battle abilities. Cause I've seen some people with a lot of stand up experience go up there and not, not do as great as you would think they would. Um, and then, so you've got just a lot of different factors going in there. And also it's become so competitive. So a lot of the men joining are even better roasters as well. So there's, there's a lot at stake, um, or a lot, a lot to factor in, but it's becoming a more equal playing field for everyone. Well, I think, uh, yeah, now absolutely. Because now I think everyone knows, Hey, you sign up for this show you know what you're getting yourself into. Oh, for sure. So for if you're, sure. Uh, you know, like Heather Maruli. There's no victims in, yeah. up in the belly room. There is no victims. <laughs> like when I, uh, I think when I battled Whitney Rice, uh, and that was just probably about a year and a half ago, uh, you know, I made, I attacked, obviously she's incredibly beautiful. Uh, I mean, she's a model for God's sakes. Uh, but I attacked her looks because I felt I have to. Like, right. you got to hit Why some not? angle. Why not? Have fun with it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. she had like a dick joke. Uh, you know, I take a dick pill once a week for maintenance. I think that's uh, it's out there <laughs> in the ether, in the universe. <laughs> I actually had a A-level comic uh, text me the other day saying, hey, I hear you're the guy to talk to about dick pills. <laughs> Like what do you? Who's who gave you my number? You're the king of dick pills. I love it. Well, I mean, fuck. I'm 47. I'll, I'll be uh, 48 on Saturday. Uh, you know. Yeah. It's just the way it is, man. Uh, uh, you're a gentleman of a certain age. Right. So if you if you could get the dick working, it's going to work better than, than a young man's. <laughs> but it's maintenance. Got it exactly. It's, uh, so uh, I, I think uh, she had a dick pill joke on me and I said something to the effect of, well, maybe I wouldn't have to take him if uh, your tits were as big as your nose. Huh. And, great joke. Uh, I mean, I still think it's one of the more creative jokes I've ever written in terms of battling and it just got nothing. <laughs> like zero. <laughs> the whole room went what? Whole room went silent. Because <laughs> she's in there in a one piece, uh, like I don't uh, not a bodysuit, but a... Like a, a tight one piece uh, dress, I guess. For uh, heaven's sake. And, and people were just like, what are you talking about, dude? Every guy in here would hit it. Uh, so, but now I think if I did that joke to her or someone else, uh, 
uh, today, I think it would go over better because it's like, hey, she's basically yeah. a dude up there. It's like there's we don't see a sex up mm-hmm. there. It's just two battlers. Mm-hmm. Like you and Alex went at it. Absolutely. Uh, me and Alex. And then uh, before Alex, me and Waldron, it was the same thing. It was like and it helps that Waldron is so Waldron. He's like a, a parade float of a person. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, uh, for those of you, uh, Josh Waldron, uh, I don't know if he battles anymore or uh, what, what his... Uh, Status is he has one coming up with Jordan Perry. There you go. Yeah. So he does mm-hmm. battle, he and does he's battle. uh, a effeminate, uh, I guess. Metro, uh, very metro. He's straight, handsome. Uh, uh, bragged about his dick size to me, so he has a big dick. Yeah, but anyone who brags about their dick size probably has a small dick. Ding ding ding. Although I brag about <laughs> it, we've all seen the picture. Okay, here's the thing. Before I ever met you, I was in the OR with my friend Caitlin, a comedy super fan. And we, yes. And you, you showed her the dick pic. (laughs) What's a great picture. It's a fantastic picture. There's bigger out there. Uh, Here's what I'm saying. Everyone talks about the dick. My question is, is why isn't anyone mentioned the balls behind the dick? Because those are, those are some hefty balls. (laughs) Well, they're not in Ari Shafir's class. Ari Shafir (laughs) has the Wayne Gretzky of balls. (laughs) I mean, on a level... I've not seen Ari Shafir's balls. (laughs) It's almost uncomfortable. Uh, I mean, uh, he he makes mine look like chickpeas. Uh, (laughs) But hey, whatever. Uh, So, uh, you you know, but uh, in relation to Josh, I don't know if he has a big dick or not. Uh, I mean... Well, let's hope he does. May the world have big dicks. That's my... It's like, like, you know... Well, may you have big dicks. I mean... Hey, huge lady dick. You know well, <laughs> I mean, like, as a woman, I, I'm assuming you're straight. Yes. Uh, yeah. No, I don't know. I mean, No, it's a great know, question. I read gay. I know that. I read... I've, I've certainly... I was... I was in a relationship and when I broke up with my ex, I was at a 12 step meeting that had a lot of gay and lesbian people in it. And this one woman leans over and she goes, so when are you going to change sides? (laughs) So I know that I read very gay, like I would kill it as a lesbian, but I'm just not strictly dickly, man. I I just, I'm not (laughs) dickly. It sounds like a new show. True TV. Boy, they're really cranking out some gems on, on FX. <laughs> FX. I mean, that's like, FXXXX. I mean, the second season of Sons of Anarchy was like, are they saying that? On, I mean, Henry Rollins had a, he was playing a white supremacist mm-hmm. and on his, he had a tattoo that said, I kill. Um, you know, I think you could. The words. Yeah. Like, <laughs> wow. And they didn't blur it out. I'm like, this is crazy. Super committed to the role. Uh, is it a deal breaker? You're into it. What would you rather have? A good looking guy with a smallish dick or uh, maybe uh, a, a average looking guy with a huge hog? We're just going to get out of roast battle talk for a second. Okay. We're going to, we're going to talk about dicks. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, that's interesting. Um, because I'm really attracted to personality. Not, and that sounds like such a Cosmo comics. Article. Take note. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really attracted to like like a love an evil genius or even a slightly awkward genius. I like intelligence. So if the person is nice enough, here's the thing. If you have a small dick, but you can eat pussy like a champion, we have no problems. Well, I think like, the ratings just went up for this podcast. <laughs> 
like like now honestly like like dick size there's so much more going on you can have a big dick and be really boring in bed and that's that's a bummer because you're just basically breathing through a gynecological exam is what it feels like but um if you are an average looking guy yeah i would say it's always nice when you see when you uh are dating or hook up with somebody who's pretty average and uh physically or you know face wise or whatever and then when it gets down to business you're like oh my god it's down to you business. are you are packing some heat nobody you should advertise this this is a this is a museum quality dick that's always nice <laughs> <laughs> now, as a woman though as a, a female comic do other female comics like once uh do, do you guys talk about i mean you know a lot of comics sleep with other comics it's just we're only around other comics yeah, I really I remember when I first started, I was like, this this is not a thing I'm going to participate in. And then I think it was you, a few people pointed out to me that we're about to be the only men you know. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true though. I mean, and like, it was overnight. It was just like, I don't know anybody normal anymore. <laughs> I mean, my last three girlfriends have been comics just because I'm, I'm I don't think I'm around uh any females who don't Right. We're very busy people and we have weird hours like chefs. Like I think yeah. chefs would be, we, I should start a website called chefs looking for comedians or both, you know, vice versa yeah. or something. Um, bartenders, people who have kind of nighttime jobs are the people that are accessible to us outside of comedy. I would say, um, you'd ask me, okay, wait, what was the question you asked me originally? Um, do women talk? Well, I mean, because yes. comics, I know women talk in general, like in terms of like, uh, you know, you tell your, uh, you know, uh, co-workers, but like comics, yeah. like it, our business gets around so much, so fast. We, I mean, we kind of, we kind of do. I mean, you should always have, I probably talk more. Keith knows, Keith Carey knows we're really good friends and uh, he knows where the bodies are buried and how big the dicks were for right. sure. Um but uh as you do of him like exactly he, you guys are like word besties. yeah 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 and um i think that uh in terms of it's interesting one i've learned to be because i i tend to process things verbally and i've tend to I, i've learned to be a little quieter about certain stuff um and also and learn the hard way frankly um but also yeah so women occasionally like if a guy's a creep they'll be like Hey, just so you know, like he's a little, so I, I once was warned about somebody being, um, a little kinky and intense in was bed. Was it me? No, I'm just kidding. Now, ah! <laughs> um, just kidding. uh, let me see. Um, yeah, sometimes it will get around if you have a small dick and you're bad at sex, but if you have like a regular, like if you have a regular ish to smallish dick and you're good at sex, then no one will say anything bad. All right. You know, as long as orgasms are had, no one's going to complain. Absolutely. I, I live my life by uh, whatever it takes. Whatever. To get the girl going. Exactly. It's uh, just show up. Show up with your A game. Show just up. Go up. F effort. Effort is is the thing. Right. So you male comics, uh, you know, put a little more effort into your writing and your sexual uh, activities. <laughs> <laughs> something will happen for you. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, it, it does help when somebody's talented. You can be attracted to talent. That's a thing. Oh, you mean those... on stage? Yeah. I, I don't think that like, 
There are some ladies that I know are attracted to success and you can kind of see them operate. Speaking of like watching the, the sort of the fuck mosh pit at the comedy store, you can kind of see them kind of gaming and gravitating in that. Um, and men are the same way too. Oh, um, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not in terms of, uh, uh, like, uh, I've never seen a girl, a funny uh, comic go, I, her uh, success turns me on. You know, like Amy Schumer, like, she's awesome. Like, mm-hmm. She's so funny. But I never once, God, I want to fuck her because she's. That's interesting. I wonder if that's like a gender difference. Oh, no. I, power, and especially in our business, fame, success. I mean, roast battle, I think a lot of people uh, intermingle with each other. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not asking you who. You are. They're not here. No, no, they're not here. <laughs> I have no idea who you've slept with. Let me just say that. I can uh, guess, but uh, ha- have you ever slept with another roast battler? I've dated. I'm not asking who. I don't want to know their name. I've dated two battlers. Okay. I'm so... currently currently dating somebody who's battled. Okay, so, uh, um, but if they are, uh, I would agree with you from the standpoint of uh, if you've, you know, roast battle, it's like, it's such a high in that room. Like when you see someone do well, like I could imagine uh, Doug Fager does quite well. Uh, yeah, I don't know why I'm mentioning his name. But. <laughs> We're friends. That's never, yeah. That's- but he's a killer. Like yeah. I could see a chick going, well, Mike, especially after last week's battle, uh, like Mike, and when he uh, had the infamous line with Hinchcliffe, uh, you, you know, when Tony was judging and, mm-hmm. and do, doing the dead brother jokes and, and Doug got him pretty good, I could see a girl going, wow, I got to hit that. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Doug does well regardless but like i'm sure he does uh you know or like uh who who like uh, connor always does great uh mm. yeah i could see a, a girl in the crowd uh, the, another battler going i want to fuck that well yeah because there are certain guys when they're up there are um there's it's it's a big dick move to to go up there and yeah. and swag on the room there's some really kind of swag battler it, it, basically all the really good battlers can go up there and really like you do you have the most gonna, swag of anyone i gotta sell it uh yeah exactly and um in fact doug's one of those people that when i realized i had to like learn how to be better on stage he was the person i went to i was like and it was me standing in his living room you, you know saying my jokes into a can of perrier like it was literally like that's that's how you know technical we got with it and how to which words to emphasize and um he's really uh very intelligent when it comes to joke delivery so oh i mean he's uh he's one of those ones uh that's a great writer a great stage mm-hmm. presence uh you know it, it's like i find most people are either one or the other like you either like you know i i I hate talking about myself, but I would say I'm an average writer, but a great performer. Uh, Doug's both. Keith is both. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Connor is mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, you sell it. Like you have great jokes and you, the last few battles have like seemed to be having more fun. 
Yeah. Like well, the last while you were dancing. Oh, and like, so much fun. Yeah, I can't do the moves. Yeah, get the, but, get the know, moves going yeah. on. Yeah, it was like, because they want you to have fun. We like everyone wants to have fun up there. Except for, you know, who has the who's the exception to the rule and all of that is Toby. Toby Marishanu is anti-swag. He has this sort of negative sort of. Not You're right. He's he's like muted. And then his jokes are just so good. <laughs> but see, he doesn't like. Like I have to like do the wrestling shit and you know the wacky entrances because my jokes aren't good enough. But he doesn't. <laughs> That's not true. But it, well, there, you know. Yeah, I, he he definitely just goes up there and he does. He he just he's like and here are my jokes. Yeah, I mean he's like my, a, you know my there was Toby uh, Marishano. I'm uh, yeah. doing my jokes. He'll Hi. just stand there. He won't move an inch. He, <laughs> he won't even really look at you. Like he's just kind of seems like he picks a spot in the crowd and just stares at it and just says. Uh, <laughs> You're doing a hand motion that he does. He like uh, like puts his hands sort of like sort of half chest half stomach yeah. and then he just <laughs> delivers his jokes yeah, like, and then like well, uh, hello, connor's hello. almost the same way like he just kind of has this uh <laughs> like this golly gee look on his face the whole time mm -hmm. and and then he'll just spit out the most mean-spirited uh you know funny like leah k janian mm -hmm. uh, she's someone who like you like seems to have more fun in her more recent battles like mm -hmm. whereas before which is probably why she scared me so much. Like she just didn't look like she just looked like, yeah, I'm going to kill this person. She's without ever finding out that she played sports. I knew she was an athlete by watching her on TV or not TV on, well, she was on TV, but on stage, she, um, when she's on stage, she is in a competitive athlete mode. Yeah, yeah. Her no, shoulders can... are rolled forward. Her <sighs> hips are under her. She looks like she's ready to go. So her body, like her body language, is like I'm going to war, and um, and I really respect that. And I, I tried to emulate that in a lot of ways. And then I realized, like, I got, I got to find my way with it. Um, but yeah, for sure, she definitely has a don't, don't fuck with this. Yeah. Sorta. <laughs> but then you have someone like Omid, who's a completely the opposite. He does these. Like super cute, like wacky, like he's a silly, silly man that Omid. Almost <laughs> jokes that you can't really rebut. Like his joke about uh, what was it, uh, Alex Hooper? When you shake Alex's hands, feels like you're touching Shaking a pine, a pine cone. cone. <laughs> it's like Ugh. what the fuck? Like, uh, I mean, and Hooper's he, Hooper has his own like Hooper's one maybe the best at writing and performing like yeah uh you know his entrance his slave entrance the last battle was like <laughs> i mean like, it was I, a lot it was uh yeah. he really he really gets the theatrics him tony bartoloni there's a lot of i think that we're going to see a lot of changes in the next six months as far as what the roasters want to do i think everybody's kind of looking around going like okay maybe we can try different things and I think those guys have have really paved the way. You you know on being big. On well, you stage. have to. I mean, yeah. like you know, for my uh, championship battle, which won't be till I think fucking February or something. Uh, I've already got the entrance picked out. And it's, oh, that's awesome! It's, uh, no, uh, no one can top this entrance. Ooh, ooh! I can't wait. And because uh, it's it's simple, there's not going to be a lot of theatrics, but. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, you know, the second the music hits and it's a very particular song, oh. people will know before I even walk out. 
oh my god he's not gonna do this all right are you gonna wear shiny pants leather pants no shirt obviously you can't roast with a shirt on anymore um i might not be wearing much of anything i'll just leave Well, you want people to focus on your jokes. It yeah. is super. It's dis- a risk. One time, I think I it was maybe when the fire marshal closed the place or something. Like there were, you were wearing just um, underwear and a coat at the store. <laughs> and oh, I was you're like, right. I was <laughs> trying because you're you're a friend, and I'm trying to have a respectful conversation. And I knew for the first time what it's like to be a dude because I just want to stare at your dick. I couldn't. <laughs> I was just like, whoa. <laughs> I think what is uh, that? <laughs> that was uh, the night I was at Meltdown doing the historical roast oh. of uh, Macho Man Savage. Oh, that makes sense. And his friend uh, or competitor was the Ultimate Warrior. Uh, and I was dressed as the Ultimate Warrior. Oh, okay. Uh, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. All these wrestlers just die like that. They're breaking uh, down. It's well, hard. yeah, there is. It's sad. You're going to see roast battlers die. I don't think we've had a roast battler die yet. But, Knock on uh, wood. There's a few, a uh, few that's I got had potential. a lot of suicide attempts. But yeah, <laughs> not so, a, lot. I mean, a lot. of. I mean, we got <laughs> Quentin, uh, who I'm going to butcher his last name. I won't even. It starts Mark Scatolo. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Tom Goss has, uh, had uh-huh. a few. Uh, and uh, I think there's probably a few others that just haven't let it out yet. For uh, sure. But let's get into your stand-up now. Okay. Now, you you know, everyone knows I've never had a drink, never had a drug in my life. Right. You, you're sober now for what? 13 years. Now, the number one question I get is, how are you around the comedy world and you're not tempted to do drink drugs, all that stuff? How is it for someone who... Uh, had issues mm. 13 years sober which is awesome because i know it's that that's amazing and even more so amazing given our business uh that we're around drugs and drink every night yeah like it's it's definitely the whole place smells like whiskey coke and weed like but not the comedy store just uh, uh, uh no uh, no uh, everywhere uh, <laughs> sal's comedy hall uh, ah! but it is uh you know well it's just at the comedy store you've got uh the front bar and then you you escape that area and there's the back bar you you know and is is it uh and then the you know uh other uh venues you're at uh you know uh, maybe marijuana might be uh in the mix i did a show at a marijuana dispensary i had to stand outside and then they called me to stage and i ran in and i did my jokes and i ran out now, were, did you run out because you were worried that you might... Uh, did you smoke weed when you were... Uh, no. Well, uh, yeah, I did. I did when I was using I um, a lot of weed, actually. But it was just uh, the contact high. You could get a contact high in that place. And so I had to, I had to get away from that. Um, but there's also... Uh, I guess it's weird. It was sort of, I started coming around with a friend of mine who's also clean and sober, which helped. And I definitely find those comics, even sometimes before they would get sober, they would start talking to me. And then a couple weeks later, they'd be like, Hey, I'm sober. Um, and so I've kind of found my, my people to kind of lean on before my last battle. It was so funny because occasionally you do have like euphoric recall or cravings. And so I was sitting there and I'm just like trying to stay in the zone and my friend's drinking a whiskey 
and the shiver went up the back of my spine and he goes, I've never seen you look jealous of a drink before. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go upstairs. Uh, so occasionally it can be, I started vaping, which is like so douchey and I'm going to quit shortly. Did you used to smoke cigarettes? I used to smoke cigarettes when I was younger and then I was around and I was like, I would see somebody light up a cigarette. I'd see Keith, you know, light up a cigarette and I would just, my mouth would just water and I'd be like, I want that so badly um did you get a high from because i've never understood the i mean i know it's the nicotine like i drink energy drinks probably worse than anything you've ever put in your body <laughs> I mean, my heart's going to are explode. you a red line guy do you get uh, those red lines <laughs> i i might my, my uh drink, rock star rock stars uh, okay but i mean so i'm not preaching like you know yeah oh like, i drink so much caffeine basically a sober person has caffeine nicotine and sugar. Those are the things that we can really, uh, and insects, those are really the things that we tend to fall into outside of, uh, using. So, or, you know, spiritual growth and becoming a better person and no being a service to, to others. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody was like, I have a podcast for that. Um, what <laughs> so, is a podcast? I mean, uh, it's called 12 questions. Uh, and I ask people 12 questions from a recovery perspective. They don't necessarily, can... uh, iTunes and SoundCloud. And is it called 12 questions. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, uh, yeah, sometimes it's tempting and, and crazy and you just walk away. So have you ever had sex or, or uh, you wanted to drink, you know, and you said, uh, well, I'm not going to drink, but I'm going to just call up, you know, uh, Mr. X. Not. Um, or you had, uh, did you replace... Uh, I've definitely had moments, uh, not too recently where it's like, I don't want to feel. So it's like, I want to feel good. So you were like, Hey, what's up? But I was for the, so of the 13 years I was, I've been clean there. I was in a relationship for six years and then a relationship for four years. So I wasn't, I basically in my twenties fucked two dudes. That was it. So in my thirties, I've had a little more, like I had, I had a therapist tell me you need to learn how to have a sex life, like how to have, how to have not, you know, destructive casual sex, but healthy casual sex. So that was like a thing I, I agree with focused that. on doing. And now that I've been, you know, single for a minute and I know how to, you know, I, I know how to sleep in the middle of my bed and be happy. And you, you seem to be like happy single person. Um, you know, uh, to a degree, I mean, uh, I think the last, uh, couple of, uh, relationships didn't end in the best way. Uh, uh, you know, I'm still friends with all of them, but like, uh, duh. yeah, I mean, you know, uh, to a degree, to a degree. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of, I'm in a weird space where, um, I've met somebody who I really, I didn't, uh, I didn't think that there was any interest there. I thought we were just becoming friends right. and then there was interest and we connected and it's, it's really nice to know that I know how to be alone and now I can make the choice to be with somebody else. I think I can guess who it is based on my observation. We're not going to talk about it. Oh no, no, I, I want to hear not, maybe not on air. I no, no, hear absolutely what you think. We, we should have a podcast off the air. We The off air podcast. Off air podcast, podcast after the podcast. Well, that was some of the best moments of this show have been like when I stop and then, and, hey, you know, uh, I really wanted to say this and, uh, you know, I just should have had a hidden uh, a hidden, hidden recorder when i had tommy on the old talent coordinator of the comedy store that was 
such a bonkers because i never met him in person so it was very cool to um hear because it seems like all the comics were sort of processing the change in the comedy store when I started coming around. And so it was interesting to hear the voice of kind of what was and like varying degrees of trauma associated with that person. It was really interesting. Well, he, uh, you know, it's kind of goes back to roast battle, which I think led to the resurgence of, of the comedy store. Uh, yeah. Uh, that and Adam and, uh, yeah. uh, Eric Anderson, who's, uh, one of the managers, uh, Richie also, uh, they, it's just a whole new, uh, the comedy store was, uh, you know, right before roast battle and Adam took over, uh, it was kind of in a, it's doing okay. Cause you had popular people like Dalia and Whitney there. And, and so they draw and, uh, Maz Jabroni, but, uh, Tommy was, uh, especially for comics like you, you know, comics like me who had been there a while, he was never mm -hmm. going to pass me. And then, you know, uh, did he ever give you any, uh, I never met him. He's, oh, okay. I'm after I, I'm relatively new to comedy. So, um, I, I never met him. So he was, uh, he had the weird uh, ways of picking talent. Uh, I can imagine it was very like, kind, kind of looking for a model that can tell jokes if you're a woman. Yeah. yeah. And uh, some were funny, some weren't. Uh, and then he, uh, you know, so he, he had a whole, you know, Adam is, uh, now everyone knows I'm friends with Adam, so I don't, you know, seem like I'm kissing his ass, but uh, Adam's more talent-based. Like, I don't care mm -hmm. what you look like. Uh, I don't care if you're a female or a male. Uh, you know, if you're funny, uh, and it's hard to get past, you know. Yeah. It's, it's uh, you know, I tell people now, if you get a development spot, that's basically getting passed. It's so tight. It's Yeah, it's very competitive. It doesn't seem like there is a whole lot for them to kind of give out so it's not no i mean it, you uh, just it's uh i mean just getting on a potluck now is, is uh an honor yeah it really is it's you know what 70 people deep signing yeah, up i mean it's 15 people out of maybe 70 and you know if the host can squeeze on uh, yeah you know like the i think the one time i got you yeah, on that was so amazing but well you deserve it and, and and there's a lot you know dan nolan deserves it yeah. uh you know and and tom i think i got tom goss yeah. on uh but it was it's you're so encouraging to new new people why well, I, I don't want to see people go through the struggle i went through to, to and it's not there's more of the life than just the comedy store uh for you know, sure uh, but it's probably the number one club in the country right now yeah, uh, I know the seller in New York would ar argue that, and they're they're amazing. Uh, that's another club that's incredibly tough to get into. Right. Uh, but uh, I mean, we're in LA, and the comedy store is it. Uh, improv's great. I don't really yeah. have a relationship with the Laugh Factory, but uh, I've never even been in the building. I don't know what it. What's so like anti. Uh, social scene there, like, and they charge comics to get in, yeah. and I'm not talking. Yeah. You know, like uh, when I went there for Olivia's showcase, uh, you know, they're like, uh, yeah, it's 20 bucks to get in. I'm like, oh, I'm a comic. I'm just here uh, seeing my friend's <laughs> showcase. They're like, it's 20 bucks to get in. I'm like, uh, so I literally had to pay $20. Uh, and, uh, and then I sit down, it's two drinks. I'm like, and I, you know, I'm just going to get waters. And 
It's uh, two Eight drinks. Dollars. Minimum. Oh no, I'm a comic. Uh, it's great. Two drinks. <laughs> so like, where's the comedy store and the improv are, yeah. are so welcoming, right? You know, and and the improvs. Uh, you know, Jamie Flam, uh, he's awesome and very encouraging to people. Yeah. You know, I know they have the open mic slash book show on Sundays now that he yeah. watches. Yeah, that's that's incredible. You know, it's like their potluck, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so it's a great time to be, uh, you know, young and upcoming comic. Uh, it really you is. Know, for opportunities and, and your roast battle is it's certainly not a, a comedy uh, stand-up uh show but it, you know adam watches it and it's comedy boot camp it really yeah. is it's comedy boot camp because it's joke writing it's performance it's how do you ride the wave of a room it's um it's it's one of the things like for a while for whatever reason i'd be in a book show and i don't know if you've ever had to follow david rosenberg but he will either blow a hole through the room or just light it on fire so you never know what you're showing up to i've only seen one of those uh, emotions <laughs> And so, um, so it's one of those things where you, I've learned how to follow comics who create such a wake that you have to ride their wave and then jump into your own energy. And, and so much of that room is just energy and how to be, how to be a part of that and how to read it and but you can to the laughs and yeah, I mean, you can't get stand up gigs through roast battle. Like, have you gotten gigs from for sure? Yeah. You see a little, the last one, it's interesting. I didn't get, um, as big of a spike as before, but I usually have a little bump in bookings right after a roast battle. Yeah. And you get asked to do, uh, I've noticed for me a lot of, uh, podcast requests. Yeah. Uh, which is a great way to like this one. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, I'm not the Joe Rogan experience. Uh, <laughs> you know, when you like see him get literally millions of downloads a month and, you know, I'm getting like, you know, maybe 10,000. I'm like, oh, well, you know. Hey. And I love Joe. Joe has mentioned me several times on the podcast and he loves Roast Battle. Really? Uh, oh, he is, uh, I wouldn't say obsessed with it, but. Uh, he mentions it probably once or twice a week. He should uh, maybe have a panel of some roasters on. They would love oh, that. Oh, I would love to. Uh, but just a few, just to show you his power and his reach, like uh, I'll pick up a hundred followers anytime he he'll mention my name on the show. Whoa. And he he doesn't have to. He could just say, you know, mention the show uh, in general without specific names. And uh, he's like, you know. He's another reason the comedy stores research. Yeah, for uh, sure. After he had a uh, probably a worse relationship with Tommy than I did, and so he, as soon as Tommy got let go, Joe came back, and and then crowds are appearing again, and then roast battle happens, and yeah. Uh, so it's uh, you know, but the grind of a stand up as a sober person. Uh, can you give advice to others who are? Because I know like someone like Dan Nolan is, yeah. uh, and I. Usually I wouldn't mention someone's name, but I, I think Dan's pretty yeah, he's, open. He's pretty, they, they introduce him as sober comic, <laughs> former heroin addict, uh, Dan Nolan. He, uh, here's what I would say. What I, I have to really take care of myself. Uh, for example, last night I got eight hours of sleep. I woke up and I meditated. Um, I wrote for a little bit. I went to the gym and I came here. And so for me, I've already spoken to my sponsor today. Uh, I go to regular meetings. So for me, it's anchoring and remembering that 
my sponsor loves comedy. And so one of the things that she said is what I want you to do is always remember that you are not defined by your success or failures in comedy. You came into this with a whole life and a whole sense of yourself and connections outside of this. And so whatever happens, win, lose, or draw, you are not a piece of shit or you are not a, the queen of the world you're Anna and you just show up and you do what you're supposed to do. And so that for me has been a touchstone and I'm so grateful to have a sponsor who just gets it. So right. if I call her, cause she's such a fan, if I call her and I'm like, man, this thing happened with the roasters, da, 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 she totally understands. Um, there was a time where I got kind of grumpy with the blog and she told me you're not allowed to read it. The roast battle. The roast battle. Blog. I got a little grumpy. She goes, you're not allowed to read it. I will screen cap it if it's worth reading and send it to you. <laughs> she was so cute. So like, um, so just having that sense of perspective is really important, but self-care self-care is super important because as an addict, you will put yourself through, you'll put yourself into a, into that grind mode. And I really did it my first year of standup. Um, I, there was one moment where I'm hosting a mic in long beach and somebody is joke playing a trumpet. So they're playing it deliberately badly. And I had fallen asleep and they're playing it right next to my head. I was so tired that, and some of the, the comics, uh, Ramsey Badawi, who's roasted, Evan Cassie, who's roasted, they pulled me aside and they were like, you have to take care of yourself. Uh, you need to sleep. Cause we see people kind of like you come in and do this and burn out really bad or end up drinking and, you know, really take care of like slow down. You're going to be just fine. You'll probably be funnier if you sleep. Oh yeah. You gotta <laughs> sleep. But like tonight you have a crazy schedule. Like you, you yeah. did all this stuff today. Mm -hmm. You're leaving here to start the process of doing four, possibly four shows and right. not like, uh, you know, like in New York, you know, I was there last week. Yeah, there's 20, 30 minutes of driving, an hour, 30 minutes to an hour of driving between mics here. Usually. But yeah, like New York, you could walk to literally six shows in maybe a, a two mile radius. Yeah. Uh, and do six shows within two hours. Uh, here, like tonight, you're going to the comedy. Tell them your schedule tonight of potential so, shows. Uh, okay, so let's say if I wasn't doing this podcast, I would be at a 3 p.m. mic in the valley. And what now? What mic goes on at three p.m.? It uh, World Comedy Studios over in uh, Sherman Oaks, and so I would do that one, and then I would do um, Meltdown, and then I would, which is a sign-up lottery, so you don't really know if you're gonna get up. Then you find if you if you get up at Meltdown, then you run to the store, you sign up there, and then hopefully the the comedy gods smile upon you, and you get up there. And then if you don't get up there, you can either uh, drive to uh, Evan Cassidy's mic down in Orange County called Anchor Bar. Uh, if you're feeling ambitious, that's in Costa Mesa. Uh, but it's worth it because there's a crowd usually. And then you could do um, Grounded on Melrose. You could do uh, Big Wangs and Melody Lounge. And then if UCB's happening, Universal Bar and Grill, you can kind of wink nod at whoever's there. And so you could potentially hit four or five mics on a Monday. But that's a lot of fucking driving. That's a lot. I like to throw somebody in the car because I'm a social person. Right. So if I have somebody to just chat with the whole time, it doesn't feel... It doesn't feel terrible. It's just to give you an idea, like Anna lives in uh, I live in the North Valley. Valley. Yeah, I don't want to say Valley. the exact location. Yeah. I know there's some freaks out there. Oh, that's true. 
She lives in North Hollywood. I live in West Hollywood. You know, the first gig's the com- comedy store, which, you know, it's right mm-hmm. up the street. And then, uh, you know, uh, just get to the comedy store to Meltdown. It's like 30 minutes just because of the traffic. <laughs> so they're only like three miles apart from yeah. each other, too. The traffic's just really bad. Uh, Costa Mesa is like an hour, a good uh, 45 it's an hour away. An hour. <laughs> uh, but that shows you the grind of mm-hmm. I want to be in front of a crowd. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then she's going to, that's another hour drive back. Big Wangs is, uh, you know, uh, a varying uh, quality crowd wise. It, <laughs> it uh, can be a, an echo chamber or it can be, it can be a pretty good crowd. It yeah. all depends on what time and yeah, what the day so, looks like. Yeah. So, you know, you'll, you'll probably rush back from Anchor Bar for the yeah. potential of it being a good crowd. Yeah. Text, texting Alex on the way up. Hey, can I get on? Yeah, and then yeah. Uh, then the uh, Universal Bar and Grill is uh, you know a varying quality too in terms. That of, is a kind way to say. It, <laughs> it actually I can mean, be really fun. I've had a lot of fun there. Well, I love the bartender there, the blonde. Is she oh, still, she's a gem. She's like the best. She loves comedy. She uh, gives us candy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and she is um, like some bartenders. Uh, you know, they're loud and like clanking bottles and making mixed yeah. drinks. And they, you know, I get it. It's, you know, it's a bar, uh, but she's very respectful of the comedy show. And uh, so are the, I must give a shout out to the bartenders. Have you ever done a show at the West Side Theater? Uh, I haven't done a show. I've done the mic there, but they're very nice out there. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's a bar like right by the stage yeah. with no barrier. Yeah. And I've never heard the bar once. So uh, beautiful. They, they're very respectful. Uh, Liquid Zoo is the same way. Uh, the bartenders there, the crowd themselves, the humans that are there are loud and annoying. But the um, the bartenders are very respectful. And that's how I know if I have a good roast joke. If I can get the bartender at the Liquid Zoo to laugh at a joke, I know it's a good joke. I'm getting uh, severe flashbacks because I uh, started the comedy there uh, with my ex-girlfriend oh. uh, the Liquid Zoo uh, many moons ago. Aww. Wednesday so. night, man. Ron Swallow's night. That's the yep. night I like. He took it over from her. Wow. And uh, still, uh, I haven't been back in a few years because uh, the room's tough. It's- yeah, it's really it's really tough, it, but it it's a good... It reminds me a lot of the shows and mics in Orange County. Right. Um, you get a good five to seven minutes, um, and you get to go up in front of people. It's always nice if, like, Ed Greer's in the room, Rich Slayton, uh, Stuart Thompson, like, these are people who are... <laughs> These are people who are, uh, I super respect what they do. So I know if I can make them laugh, um, I've got something there. Well, I bet. Uh, oh, you mean at the liquid too? Right. Uh, well, no, you're like, I do my roast jokes. Uh, if I have a spot in the OR toward the end of the set, I'll, I'll ask the crowd, uh, you know, I got, a, I got this battle coming up and I know a lot of the comics in the back, like Luke Schwartz, uh, yeah, Luke. uh Benji Aflalo, but Luke's a tough audience. He will yeah, laugh he if is. it's funny because <laughs> he's such a dick or that's his character. Yeah. Uh, he's actually a super nice he's guy. He's secretly a sweetheart. Yeah. But yeah. he's got to play cool up there. You know, yeah. it's, it's an alpha male Where? world at yeah. the store and especially with the employees, uh, you know, listen, they're all trying to get past and, uh, uh, you know, whatnot. I mean, we're all trying to, you know, get what we can up there. So if, if you could, if you do your roast jokes in the OR and make Benji or Luke laugh, it's a good joke. Yeah. Uh, or Don Barris. Uh, and, you know, Don has given me sage advice 
that I did not follow at times. But, Interesting. Uh, uh, in terms of uh, battles. but uh, He know. does seem to have, like, when he's, I've heard him give other people advice or when he's said something kind of, he's like the, the old man on the mountain, which is great. Well, he's been there yeah. uh, since, uh, I think he's, I might get the year wrong, but he's been there since about 86, 87. Wow. And he's been the closing uh, act, at, at, you know, every night since then. So he's literally seen the Kennisons, the Dice Clays. Yeah. The, uh, you know, he probably saw Dalia when Dalia was literally trying to get on a potluck. Uh which is the one thing I love about Delia. He never tried to take shortcuts. Like he did potluck. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he waited, never complained. Uh, but Don's, uh, you know, he's a legend up there. I mean, and that's an overused uh, word at times. But I mean, Don has seen every hot show come and go. And, that's true. Uh, every hot comic come and go. And uh, there's probably only one guy late night who can close out the, the show. Uh, yeah. Like he does. It's tough. Uh, it doesn't feel right if he's not there. It feels weird. Yeah. Like the few nights where like say Kimmel's, uh, you know, he does a warm up act for Jimmy yeah. Kimmel and they're in New York or Austin and he's not there. It's like, it isn't the same. So, uh, but you know, when you can make Don laugh at a roast joke in the yard, you know, it's like the liquid zoo. It's, uh, I mean, the liquid zoo is like, people don't understand about the liquid zoo. It's uh, a known prostitution era area. Oh yeah. Sherman way and uh, Sepulveda. Uh, and so prostitutes literally will go in there looking for mm -hmm. customers. Or and because of that, the drunks will assume you're a prostitute. Like I've been the first night that I went there, um, two drunk guys actually, came up and like physically like touched me and tried to, they were more than flirty. They were aggressive and uncomfortable. And Ron was like, do me a favor. Um, don't, don't just, don't just sit here for this amount of time. Cause I signed up and I was like, Oh, I'll just sit here and write. And he was like, don't, please don't do that again. Don't write. Don't, don't sit here and write, go write in your car, go eat something go come, but do like everyone else is doing and come back because this place isn't like necessarily, uh, it's it, the, and the bartenders there are these really tough chicks and they definitely will chase the creepers away. But, um, for sure, there was definitely a time where, like, guys would walk me to my car, make sure I was safe out at the liquid zoo. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, and the prostitutes that worked that corner are rough looking. I mean, they, yeah, they are big women. Like, rough, rough looking. I think, I think they just see like a brown lady with like frizzy hair and they're like, oh, she must be a top shelf liquid no, zoo. No, you prostitute. Were at the liquid zoo, you are, uh, <laughs> You are a 12 on I'm a, scale a liquid of 10. zoo 12. <laughs> An LA4 and a liquid zoo 12. <laughs> Which reminds me of my friend Shannon Hatch, who was once told she, Shannon was hot, but she was told she was a, uh, a LA hot seven. And that was her nickname. Hot, hot seven. seven. And, um, that's, uh, that's funny. So hello to Shannon if you are listening. So Well, the standard of beauty in Los Angeles is so weird. It's so, it's not, I find that looking like a regular person, I get plenty of attention. Like just being a regular human. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what is, uh, you know, I mean, I really do think beauty's in the eye of the beholder. You know? Yeah. I mean, some guys like big tits. If, if the hottest girl in the world has, uh, I'm not trying to sound like Trump. You know, I think <laughs> Trump was uh, famous for saying if a girl's flat chest and she can't be a 10. But like, if you take a guy who likes a certain type of body, forget yeah. the size of the tits. 
and you show him the hottest girl in the world who's the opposite of what he likes, he's going to be like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. You know, or if you like, you know, some guys like young girls, if you show them a hot older girl, nah. Yeah. I'm good. You know. Yeah. It's- I mean, you have a type, right? Do you have a type or not really? Um, Like I said, evil genius. Um, right. Tall. Nerdy, maybe, nerdy. to a degree. I like a nerd. Uh, t- tall helps. Tall helps because I can have kind of a... I inherited that from my dad. I can be kind of intimidating. So there's something about somebody who's physically bigger than me. I feel less inclined to like... <laughs> um, well, you do have a... Uh, not. Uh, I'm trying to think of the right word here. Uh, an intense vibe. Yeah, I can be kind of intense. So I need... Um, uh, usually the people around me are either equally intense or you know that kind of thing um but yeah as far as like my ex is japanese like i don't really have i don't really have like a particular race or you know body type or you know it's just they, they'll have something right, and right. i'll be attracted yeah you know? i don't have a type you know? yeah i mean like if you lined up all my exes, they all look different. Like, <laughs> yeah, me too. Short, it would look tall. like like, and they would all just look at each other and be like, "How?" Like, yeah, they, they, yeah, they would literally be like, "You dated her all too." Weird. <laughs> we don't even look like we'd hang out at the. Yeah. But what's the point of dating the exact same person every time? That to me seems. Don't get me wrong. I definitely have an affinity for a tall, awkward white dude. Like that's for sure. Like a gangly, like goofy dude. So uh, potluckers, take note of that. <laughs> now, how long have you been doing stand-up? Uh, since no, uh, November of 2014. So, so about... Two, almost two years. Two years. And how long have you been roast battling? A uh, year? Since December, a year, yeah. Oh, so that's weird. So you've uh, almost been roasting as long as you've been doing stand-up. Yeah, I'm like a roast battle-raised comic. Wow, that's scary. That, uh, yeah, that's a really, that's an interesting, because there was a point after, um, sort of between Petrillo to now, to Duong, there was a point somewhere in there where something changed in me on stage, uh, in my regular stand-up, and I can only attribute it to the skills I learned in Rose Battle. And you can, I mean, yeah. uh, pick up... Uh, uh, performance habits that can translate into stand-up you know mm-hmm. uh, i think if you get heckled uh, it's easier now to c- kind of you know take a shit on the audience member who's heckling you and, and for come, sure you know which that, i'm sure you don't get heckled that much but i really don't and sometimes i just choose to ignore the person because i don't i don't want to do i work at a at a treatment center over the weekend and i have to deal with kind of shit talk sometimes right and sometimes i just don't want to i'm just like yeah whatever i'm ignoring you um but as far as performance what i started to attack my stand-up more and i started to get two punchlines faster right so when i went on stage and i started to kind of walk on stage like this is my space not hey hi um uh, the imposter syndrome started to go away i think is what it was is i always sort of looked at stand up initially like i was on the outside of it and just somehow slipping under the fence to do it and something about the roast battle experience made me feel very a part of and very empowered in what i was trying to do outside of roast battle 
in addition to helping me build better jokes and helping right. me connect with the audience better. And, um, cause I, I, I know that, um, speaking of women, like a lot of my standup, it, uh, when I first started, women would come up to me afterwards and hug me and say, Oh, thank you. So I was speaking to something that they could hear. And when I'm in roast battle and I hear, I can hear a lot of female voices laughing at my jokes. It always makes me feel happy and kind of like, oh, okay, now we're in this together. Like I'm, I'm, I'm fighting with you ladies. Cause, um, cause women will take offense to like slut jokes and pussy jokes and stuff for other women. And so when they hear that comeback or they hear, you know, they hear a, a solid, like sort of emasculation joke in response, they erupt because that's what they're thinking. Right. Um, and I'm sure the men experience that kind of with themselves as well. Um, but yeah, and recently too, uh, this, you know, it's interesting is I haven't gotten a, a ton of, after the Waldron battle, I was just booked for a while. Comedy wise. Um, comedy wise. And the same thing too, after my first undercard. Uh, but this recent one, what I've gotten is um, fans of the show and fans of the Verbal Violence podcast have reached out to me on Facebook or reached out to me on uh, Twitter, uh, sent me some really nice messages, um, civilian fans, which was really humbling and very sweet. And, um, you know, I had to, I even messaged Moses and coach T. I was like, thank you for including me in the show because, um, that that's, that's an honor. Yeah. Oh know? no, it's great. Uh, I mean, roast battle fans are the best, man. Oh, they're rabid. And now because of the TV show, they're savvy. Yeah, I mean, they know, like, wow, this is a polished. Because I think sometimes uh, Periscope, it, Periscope is awesome, but. It can look a little haphazard on the Periscope. Yeah, Jay, Jay does an incredible job. It looks like a movie. Yeah, I mean, Jay is amazing. Yeah. And an amazing battle. He's, you know, but it's, uh, it's hard to catch all of how everything that's being staged in there at once. And he does such a good job. Yeah, and, and like the TV show, I think, showed people like, wow, this is basically what periscope doesn't like this is high def cameras and the whole stage. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's evolved. People yeah. could see your shirtless glory in all of its high definition. Oh, well, I got, I got yelled at by one of the producers, uh, cause the, the first night, uh, against Tom Ballard, who is another guy who would incredible. Like, what, like, you know, I'm humble. I think more than some of the LA battlers. Cause I know what's out there in the world. You've seen it. I mean, Tom Ballard is, would, you know, like Kay Trevor would kill most LA battlers. He's just, he's just on another level. I, I mean, hope they come down here. That would be really cool. I think they would. Uh, I'm trying to, uh, uh, I saw Christy, uh, Cielo battle last week in New York and I said, you should come to L.A. and do a battle. Because she was one of the darlings of the, the Comedy Central show. Because she lost with the grace, I guess. Like, she went up against Jimmy Carr. And uh, a lot of people have been telling me differently. She almost beat him. Like, and people who saw it on TV were like, no. Or I mean, like, live uh, or being in the room, uh, if she had one joke that was like a home run line, mm. you know, of course with the judging on this show, sometimes you never know. Uh, yeah. It's very, it's interesting. It's very subjective. Um, well, one guy tried to, uh, I wouldn't say tried to fight me last week, but he got really pissed at me for my judging. Uh, cause he was reading from his phone. He was like, you know, 
straight reading his jokes off the phone and uh yeah we can't do that anymore i mean it's not a a thing we do it was a close battle but i i said to him in the nicest way possible hey you were great but uh you know you kind of read from your phone a lot and he's like oh fuck that man you know i'm like and he was being serious and he was like kind of squaring up on me like walking to the edge of the stage i'm like uh well i mean you kind of were he's like no i wasn't you're fucking blind i'm like um uh well i'm gonna give it to the other guy so <laughs> and uh, he kind of like mad dogged me a little bit Ew. afterwards uh i don't know I, I don't know who he was uh he's a new york comic and uh hey guys it's a game don't take it too seriously don't get but, crazy you know like you sign up yeah you you has a battler of like you and i uh you know battle tomorrow night and uh the yeah. judges are um i don't know uh, henchcliffe michael costa mm-hmm. and, and uh mike lawrence yeah you know mike lawrence specifically will judge you harshly oh yeah real harshly yeah and you can't get upset at that because you signed up for it yeah uh, so I've, uh, I've gotten upset in the past but there's you you go home you go home and you you grump and you get it out in the car and then you let it you let it go and then you look at what they said because they're not telling you because you're a bad person yeah. or you're a terrible comic it's gonna help you get better if you listen it's and just then, listen you know I think uh, you have to understand that if you're battling the judging like you said is subjective but it's also there's part showmanship uh, yeah in the judging like you know in my battle against Joe Dosh uh, I was. <laughs> mistakenly thought uh, my strategy was I'm going to shit on the judges because it was an undercard. They're not voting and the crowd will vote and the crowd will vote for me because I'll get the room going. And then Moses went to the judges. Yeah. And the judges were judging that night. And Eddie F was like, well, Earl, I was going to vote for you, but fuck you. I'm voting for Joe. now." <laughs> so I tied Joe, uh, because, uh, you know, Eddie was like trying to be funny and then and, and the Eddie's awesome uh, talking shit podcast, Eddie Ift. Uh, but so, you know, the, I think as long as the bat, I think too many people concentrate on the wins and losses. Yeah, and, it's about putting on a good show. And you and I are very competitive. I yeah. mean, we want to win. I want to win every yeah. battle I do, uh, you know, uh, but, you know, the judging is what it is. It's not, you know, some people say I lucked out against Jimmy Carr with favorable judging. And then, uh, you know, which I probably did, but, uh, you know, there's, there's more than just the straight jokes, you know, the last two battles I had, uh, both Waldron and Duong, the best things about it was I would run into them at shows and at Mike's and at the comedy store. And we'd always at some point say, we're going to have so much fun. This is going to be so much fun. And that when you are excited to roast somebody, I think it's a lot better when I see two guys or gals or, you know, whatever kind of squaring up on each other. Like, Oh, you prepared to lose. That doesn't look fun to me at all. Like, and I think some people, that's how they get themselves amped up. But for me, it's just like, let's just have fun. Let's do that. It's going to be a blast. Yeah. Cause if you have fun, the crowd is fun. The judges have fun. Yeah. And if it's a good battle, uh, I tell people this all the time that people will forget who won or lost. Yep. 10 minutes after it's over you know yeah. uh and then the last year we've seen some of the a ton of battles like that yeah that were so good it didn't even matter if anyone won yeah i mean there's like you know pat and keith mm-hmm. had that one battle i think pat won in like triple overtime but yep. I, jay and asked, keith was very yeah good. jay and keith uh awesome uh 
you know, uh, you and Alex was, you know, oh. awesome. Uh, you know, all the battles on Road to Roast Battle in L.A. Yeah, were, uh, those were so good. You know, uh, amazing. Although I felt like you got robbed because the uh, he was, what was his name? Jesse Pretty? Joyce. Jesse Joyce. Like, very nice guy. But I think you, he didn't, like, it was weird. Well, he's, it was weird because he's the number one roast writer for Comedy Central. Like, uh, for the Rob Lowe roast. Right. He's the first phone call. Hey, Jesse, we're interesting. Uh, so, uh, and he's the New York. Uh, I mean, he lives out here now, uh, but it just shows you the, and this is another format. I think roast battle could take of New York comics versus LA comics. Like that would yes. be a fun. Uh, Cause we all have said, we do have a very different, that was the thing the TV point out is where we have different styles. We're shorter, much shorter. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, me and Jesse on paper, probably not a great matchup because I'm very short. Like, you know, almost too short. Yeah. Uh, and Jesse's, uh, he's a wordsmith. I mean, like he's, you saw when he came to the stage that night, he had seven pages of seven pages. And I had, I had, you know, four jokes in my head. That's it. <laughs> but I, and shiny pants. <laughs> I let the silver pants might have carried me through. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, Jesse's uh, amazing. Right. And, uh, you know, he'll probably be on the next season. Uh, For sure. You know, there's, but uh, I think there's, and Tom Ballard, you know, I think worldwide, the jokes, like uh, Tom's Australian, uh, Jimmy Carr's from the UK, uh, they do much longer jokes than we do uh, in general. Like, you, you know, I'm under one sentence, you're two sentences or less, you know, yeah, for, I'm, for I'm, I'm like you, I'm, I'm much more, um, I'm much more inclined to write shorter jokes. I just think it works better in the belly room. Yeah. Now on TV, uh, not so much, uh, maybe, uh, you know, but, uh, I'm not going to change, you know, uh, you have to go with what got you there. Yeah, exactly. You got to go with what your strengths are. I think, uh, learning to write the different styles has been really helpful too. trying to write bigger, more expansive jokes. Yeah, and it, well, it also depends on who you're going up against. Yeah. Uh, you know, like uh, if you're going up against, say, Pat Barker, who's like this incredible, you know. Uh, he writes paragraphs. Like he's a, he has exposition in his jokes. <laughs> but he does it with like the only way I describe him is like he's like a home run hitter. Yeah. Walking up to the plate for his at bat. Like yeah. there's just this confidence of just, i'm about to beat your ass but he's not cocky yeah uh you know like it, it's like a silent uh just, i'm gonna get you he knows uh, what he's about versus like say uh you know connor's that way too like almost a silent uh -huh. assassin and it, like people like you and me are a little more uh hey guys <laughs> hey uh, what's up i'm gonna Hi. <laughs> you know, get the room going yeah you, you know you and your you know you play really well off of what moses and moses is great at setting up yeah uh, people like you and me for like uh all right i know you guys are performers here's a line you could play with and uh, yeah. you know keith is great walking to the stage like a wrestler yeah in his way and tom goss is like mm -hmm. got that silly goofy <laughs> you know like goober and gomer like <laughs> I, I just fell out of a trash can let's roast yeah <laughs> yeah i mean he's, i just bought a raccoon for a sandwich let's roast yeah he's so fucking likable and uh you, you know it's just uh great things ahead for, for sure. Now, where this is the part of the show, we're at an hour and a half, and my goal Ooh. for this is to 
have people want you to come back. Yay. Uh, where can people uh, find you on Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff? On Twitter and Instagram, you can find me at Anna V is fun. That's A N N A V I S F U N. Um, and then you can find me on Facebook, Anna Valenzuela. You can find my podcast, 12 Questions, on SoundCloud, iTunes. Uh, you can find it on, oh, and it has its own Twitter handle I ignore sometimes, um, at, at 12QPod. And uh, yeah, and then in the LA area, I think I have shows coming up. Uh, this will be out tomorrow. So if you got a hot show. Uh, got a hot show. I don't have a hot show tomorrow. I think I have like... I need to sit down and write my show calendar, but um, yeah, this is why I need to get, this is the part I need to get better at in comedy. Um, well, it is promotion. I mean, we joke promotion. about it, uh, but For it sure. is, uh, it's a big deal. Um, I think I have a, a flapper spot coming up. Uh, yeah. People are not allowed to promote flapper ah! shows. <laughs> on this podcast yeah okay so we where's your flapper show i'm just kidding yeah where is it let's you who room yeah something like that uh when is it no no i want you to i feel now bad. you re- no 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 let me when think. is the flapper show i don't know let me see um that's how on top of it i am let's just ignore this part okay uh yeah just find me i'll post my show calendar i promise and then you can you can find out where to see me do you have a website i don't have a website yet uh do you have a website um, I, no, I used to have earlskakel.com and then I just, this was uh, right before Facebook and Twitter were like blowing yeah, up. How important is a fa- is a website? Like, should well, I have one? I think, uh, well, I'm definitely the wrong person to ask for career advice, but, uh, <laughs> I think if you have like merchandise to sell, yeah. like, uh, you know, if you have a lot of clips, um, like my friend, Aaron Darling, who's a very funny comic. Oh, yeah. She, she has like uh hosting reels and and uh, she's more she's a comic and actress so i think if you have a lot of clips and uh you know you write a blog a website helps okay but for me i'm pretty much just strict stand up in the podcast uh facebook and twitter and instagram i guess is a good way yeah i tend to somebody told me last night i have good i have a mad instagram game that's the thing someone told me i was like okay cool and it was a woman too so i was like oh okay cool what are your secrets for instagram um a lot of uh just look for silly things look for pets i like i like pet pictures um don't I accidentally set a thirst trap recently. I thought I was being empowering. I had no idea. This is one of those generational things where I had no idea what I was doing. Right. I'm such a I'm such a hazy deep down in my soul. I'm a country girl living in LA. So I had no idea that uh, uh a, a nice picture after a workout in a bikini was uh controversial. Oh my god. But evidently it was. Um <laughs> but yeah, just a lot of, you know, take pictures of fun things that you're doing and you know, if you look nice, take a take a selfie every once in a while. I will say, anytime I put a picture of my dog Lois up, it gets easily a hundred likes. Yeah, because Lois is adorable. This is great. She's not with me right now. Yeah, I noticed she wasn't here. She's with the other person. Oh, okay. we split her joint custody. Uh, more like yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, so uh, shout out to Lois. Hey, Lois. Miss and, you. And. Uh, Anna Valenzuela is one of the good ones. She'll be back. Yay. Uh, and now we're going to briefly talk shit about people off the air. So <laughs> got a hit stop on the, no, I'm just kidding. We're not. <laughs> uh, so follow Anna. She's awesome. And uh, thanks for having me on. I oh, really appreciate it. Oh, it's awesome. I mean, you. Uh, you know, it's, I love exposing uh, 
my funny friends to uh, yeah. the world. And, uh, you know, she'll be on uh, season two of Roast Battle. I can assure you oh, of that. Oh, gosh. Well, I, I, I guess I shouldn't say season. The, whatever season comes of, next. So I mean, whatever happens next. So I don't I'm think open, any, to, open to all the opportunities. Yeah. I mean, yeah. anyone's, uh, it's anyone's guess as to what's happening next with Roast Battle. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, uh, you know, who knows? I mean, who knows? Yeah. This was the, you know, like you look at the first UFC to now, it's like completely insane that it's true the leaps so uh yeah. it's gonna be bigger and better Woo! and uh roast battle every tuesday night comedy yeah. store uh about you 11 o'clock all of us there yeah i'll be judging <laughs> tomorrow nights with the great steve byrne Woo! and uh the incredible uh in the closet gary cannon uh ah. and uh great who's the main event tomorrow toby uh, toby marishanu and dave deary which uh just two uh great clever funny uh jokes mess i know heather maruli's uh-huh uh who do you know heather maruli and danielle perez right i don't know danielle uh but uh, heather's awesome and then there was another undercard you mentioned. Uh, Allie uh, McCoskey. Allie Max coming uh, back. Back. Uh, I think she had one battle against John Mitchell, which was, she was a killer. It's yeah. Like, wow. And John's great. Yeah. Uh, uh, and John's a tough guy to roast because he's like a super good looking dude. He's like a, a headshot became a person. Like he's not even <laughs> like he doesn't look real. Yeah. I mean, and he knows just... it too. He'll be all like, hey, baby. I'm like, no, you're too, you're too pretty. Back off. <laughs> and and Allie, uh, and he had a great battle, but that yeah. was like a year ago. And then uh, underage uh, people Ooh. were uh, no longer uh, allowed at the store for, yeah. uh, you know, a couple of reasons. But we won't get into Murders. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah uh, so uh we'll uh just uh leave that one there and uh <laughs> go to the comedy store whenever you can uh it's never it's the number one club in the country and uh great come I mean, watch the fuck mosh pit if anything yeah I mean, you could probably get laid there if you play your cards right <laughs> uh, all three rooms last night sold out i mean on a sunday night you had the or sold out yeah. main room sold out yeah. uh the belly room had a couple shows going on uh completely full so it's uh there's some Something for everyone there and uh loiter around the patio and uh you know uh roast battle it's, it's the funnest night you come for the roast battle stay for the after thing yeah uh there's something whatever you're into is there trust mm -hmm. me i mean whatever <laughs> um inappropriate all soundcloud and itunes leave a review and uh you know just uh you know make it happen guys yay and uh my birthday's saturday oh. so i don't do this podcast for anything but the fans, but be nice if you cheap fucks gave me something once in a while. 